Let us pray. God, who has moved to tears in a world of so much trauma and tragedy, it is difficult to not become numb. We confess we are desensitized to the cries of our neighbors. We confess that global terror rolls off us like water. Help us from our familiarization with pain, that it would always rouse our spirit. Keep us from that obsessive atonement which is prone towards savior complexes and feigned allyship, and lead us into a kind of solidarity that reminds us that in pausing to bear witness to suffering, we do not become the rescuer. We do not become the voice. And free us from the responsibility to feel every pain at once. Help us to discern our capacity for solidarity, for lament, and when we stand and when we rest and allow others to do so. Remembering that our activism is shared among a collective. We are not alone. Amen. It's a prayer from Cole Arthur Riley, creator of Black Liturgies. We continue to journey with Jesus, teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum in today's gospel. Jesus is speaking to the, to the disciples and telling them what it means to abide in him. The disciples were confused about the meaning of this, complaining and even saying, this teaching is difficult. So, so difficult for them that because of this, many of them turned back and no longer went about with him. In last week's gospel, Jesus spoke similarly about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And I shared how we would be together sharing and thanking God and in doing so, like Father Henry has reminded us, opening our hearts. Sermon prepping is quite the process. We all prepare for them differently. I usually give myself about a week, a week and a half to pray, to read, sit, look, look over the text, let it simmer, you know, kind of like marinating something, hoping that it'll turn out very flavorful. It's not always the case with my sermons, but that's what I, I aim for. And I also like to listen to other sermons. For example, last week I listened to my friend's sermon, and it was centered around the Eucharist. She shared her experience with someone who was physically, for health reasons, unable to take communion for some time, and the impact this had on her, especially throughout the pandemic, and then being able to come back together in person. And I shared with you how the Eucharist connects us to God and to others. Both different examples, but both saw the importance of eating the bread and drinking wine. Well, preparing for this week's sermon, I found myself saying like the disciples, this teaching is difficult. I would be lying if I didn't admit to waking up at 3 a.m. to make sure I finish my sermon today. I listened to some of my favorite worship songs throughout the week, listened to some podcasts, re-listened to some of our previous sermons here at Trinity, prayed about it while I was on walks, talked to my husband Than about it. 
looking for the good news while listening also to conversations, both in person, virtually, and also to the news and staying connected. And I was looking at what Eucharist means today in this time and in this place, what it means to gather, to give thanks, to be together, to share, and then to go out into the world. Last week, I mentioned that music was an important part of my spiritual formation and how it drew me closer to the Eucharist and also prepared me and equipped me with words to give thanks, the coming together, to trust, to have faith in the words that we say together in our leaflets that walk us through this beautiful service, the words in the Nicene Creed, moving us into the feast to receive Holy Communion. We, all of us here today, today gathered, whether in person or virtually, come looking for the good news. But how do we respond to this without acknowledging our reality and saying, Lord, this teaching is difficult. It would be easier to ignore our reality to leave the truths of others outside of this beautiful chapel. But in doing this, we would also be denying the words, the example, actions, teachings, and love of God. In his letter to the Christian community in Ephesus, Paul calls them to fight not against enemies of blood and flesh, but the rulers, and against the authorities. Paul could not ignore his current reality. He was speaking from a jail, jail cell to this community. He was calling them, and calls us today too, to proclaim the gospel of peace. But how do we proclaim the gospel of peace when maybe it feels like everything is so out of control? When for the past 15 to 16 months, you've had to be strong. This may be difficult. You've had to be strong when making decisions about the upcoming school year for your kids, about your own personal health, about your work situations, and just even about everyday tasks. It can be overwhelming. Yet Paul calls us to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of the Lord's power, not our own. And most importantly, Paul also asks for prayer. Paul recognizes the importance of his community, the power of prayer, reminding us that prayer can become our joy The psalms, which generally fall into the following genres as hymns, lament, or thanksgiving, provide comfort and hope today. We, heard, we, we read in our opening sentence today, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and will save those whose spirits are crushed. The Lord ransoms the life of his servants, and none will be punished who trust in him. Which comes from our psalm appointed for today, which is, Psalm, Psalm 
Psalm 34, verses 15 through 22. Verse 18 that says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and will save those whose spirits are crushed. David's prayer for deliverance today. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and will save those whose spirits are crushed. When we can't deny our realities and when we see pain, when we acknowledge that our hearts are broken, that the pain around us has crushed our spirits, the Lord is near. It is in the Psalms that we see the rawness of life, the fears, the anger, the anxieties, all expressed. And as Walter Brueggemann reminds us, Psalms offer speech when life has gone beyond our frail efforts to control. The Psalms propose to speak about human experience in an honest, freeing way, knowing that life is dislocated. So if today you're feeling like I have, or saying, Lord, this is difficult, be reminded that you are not alone, that we come to Eucharist to give thanks, to open our hearts, to be formed over and over and over again, that the Lord remains near to the brokenhearted, and that the same love that Jesus had for those whom he knew did not believe, whom Jesus loved even who the one that would be to the one he, that would betray him that's the same love that God feels for you and for me and for our neighbors and for all and may we answer how Simon Peter responds in this gospel passage may we truly come to believe that the whole believe the holy one of god amen